This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hello there. Dank Ferrick. Welcome to another Star Wars podcast with your host, Sean, from Extra Techie. In this short-form podcast, we'll entertain you with a variety of Star Wars content that will keep you coming back for more. Buckle up, don't get cocky, and punch it as you listen to another Star Wars podcast. Episode something of 2021, everyone, and welcome to another Star Wars podcast. It's been quite a while. Our last recorded podcast was June 23rd. I'm your host, Sean of Extra Techie, and we're happy to have you as we travel through the galaxy. We're recording on September 22nd, 2021, and here's what's happening on today's episode. Today on ASW, we're joined by Charles and Todd, and we're talking High Republic. Have you ever heard of it? Well, don't worry. We have you covered. We've got a lot to talk about here, so let's not waste any time and let's send that transmission to Starlight Beacon. On today's episode, we're going to recap High Republic thus far. We'll talk about The Tempest Runner, the latest audiobook that has come out within the past month. We'll give you our thoughts and reactions. We'll talk about the format. We'll have some predictions for The High Republic, some surprises at the end, and we'll wrap this baby up in a little bow real quick let's just get a word from our sponsors the red five network you can find us at red5network.com now gents we have you on the podcast today and i would like you to promote your podcast so todd how are you who are you tell us your latest episode (laughs) you're a lot busier than i am in podcast land so what have you been up to yeah, uh, my name is Todd Hoffman, and I'm a podcaster. Um, so you know, because one once a not yeah one's not enough, so I have two because uh, that's just how I roll. Uh, so I am part of WSTR Media or WSTR Galactic Public Access, and we're uh, a couple of goofs, uh, a couple friends getting together every week talking about Star Wars and. Our latest episode was, geez, 238, 238. Mm. And so uh, we just interviewed uh, somebody that we met at Star Wars Celebration Chicago, uh, Joe Robinson, and he collects Thrawn. So he has a Thrawn collection. And so we we talked to him and all about what he does. And then he went in the deep end and painted his room blue and bought a car that's blue and cosplays at Thrawn. It, it's deep. So it was kind of cool talking to him. And then I also have another podcast called Big T, Little T. Uh, and that is with my son, Trent. And we break down all the kind of Disney Plus shows. And right now we're in Star Wars Resistance, waiting patiently for Book of Boba Fett. But uh, yeah, so we're going through Star Wars Resistance right now. So that's episode 72 so yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's that's incredible. It sounds like your buddy talked about Thrawn until he was blue in the face. Yes. <laughs> little 
<laughs> little did I know, little did I know that he also has a Darth Maul room, which is red, and he also has Cybertron, which is his whole basement is Transformers. So I have to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't even take credit for that joke because that was a joke uh, my buddy Mike told on We Have Spoken many months ago. And I'm like, you're talking about Thrawn and I have to say it. And that's incredible. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's oh. great. That's a great dad joke there, Sean. Good. good <laughs> We're already off the rails. I love it. <laughs> right, right. Charles, Charles, save us. Who are you? How are you? Tell me. I am doing well, but before we get to me, Todd, yeah, that latest episode was fantastic, and I completely agree with you. You guys talked about getting him back on the show to do the mall room. Yes. I totally want to hear that story, because <laughs> yeah. uh, the the Thrawn story was fascinating and really cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear that mall story. Yeah, and I, I want to see the red room. Like, I, I'm, like, intrigued. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have visions of Snoke and, like, these <laughs> right. drapes. And... <laughs> Yeah, I, I might have to say you must wear a gold robe as well, just because, you, you know. He's got a Kenobi voodoo doll underneath <laughs> his pillow. <laughs> you have to sound like Eddie Circus. <laughs> right. um, so I am Charles, one half of Conversations, and uh, we are a podcast to talk about Star Wars, obviously. And uh, we just do uh, regular topics that don't necessarily touch upon current events or news or uh, those types of things. There's so many great shows out there that do that. So we, our approach was that we wanted to do a topic, select like something that we found interesting and talk about it. A, it's uh, it's fun for our schedules where Pat, uh, you know, he's a he's a nurse, so his schedule is somewhat compressed. So it gives us a chance to pre-record them. And obviously, if there's things going on in the universe that sort of tie into the topic, we'll definitely talk about that. And uh, we have a great time with it. We, you know, have uh, we're just. Like Todd said in one of our intros, we're just two goofballs having fun with Star Wars. And uh, that's the best part of it. And we've met a lot of friends, two of which are sitting right in here oh in front of me. Oh, my gosh. My heart. And, uh, my heart. But that's honestly is, is very, very true. And <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's our little story. And uh, we publish every couple of weeks. Uh, our episode dropping this Friday is our episode 66. So everyone knows what we talk about for that, right? Yes. Well, probably not for us. We do things a little bit differently right, over right. conversation. So expect something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Order 66. Oh, my right. God. Charles, Careful. I mean, I don't want to steal your thunder, but weren't you our first, weren't you, weren't you our, your, our, your first guest spot too? I had a spot to put this in tonight, but yes, yes. Um, we are revisiting with Todd, who was our very first reach out, and we actually appeared on their show. The first public outing for yes. Conversations yes. was on WSTR Media. I'm like, come on and, board, uh, come on board. Exactly, yeah. it was fantastic, and look where we are yeah. today. We're part of the <laughs> network. We have power yes. now. Yes. It's you, man. It's, it's you. It's Big T and Little C, my guys. <laughs> 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 two for two. <laughs> two for two today. Oh, oh man. man. I've been saving you, these for months. You, you said you were on a sabbatical or you're a little break here, and you're just like <laughs> rocking and rolling here, man. <laughs> well, if you don't know who another Star Wars podcast is, uh, we've actually been in the same brand for nine months. That's a win <laughs> for me. And uh, uh, we've had a few episodes get posted this year. Uh, the latest three on the Collector Series. I talk to people. We talk about collections. Uh, the, I know two of my friends, both Damien and Roe, have insurance policies for their stuff, which is just wild to think about. So make sure you go back and listen to that. And in fact, it is the highest played listens on the catalog thus far. So I'm glad people 
are enjoying that. But enough about us. We sort of have to get into the High Republic. So we're going to welcome from a pre-recorded session our good friend Pat, the second half of Conversations. Listen on in, friends. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, this is Pat from Conversations Podcast. The High Republic, man, what a cool time for Star Wars storytelling. It's set way before the events of the original trilogy, and it's got some really cool Jedi characters. You've got all different species and um, Tradocean Jedi Masters, uh, everything from their um, their outfits are very regal to um, Starlight Beacon. All that kind of stuff is just so new and different yet familiar. Um, the one thing that's not familiar is, of course, the villains in that time frame. You don't have the you know, traditional Sith or, um, you know, smugglers or pirates or anything like that. You've got the Nihil who are just really very strong, uh, opponents to Jedi and to the, to the galaxy. It's really, um, it's a cool, cool line of stories and I'm interested to see what else they do. Thanks a lot, Pat, for that. And he's absolutely right. I, this was sort of in development called Project Luminous. I'm sure Charles and Todd, you were following it. That's why you're on the show. Um, I do want to read a little bit from uh, the Wikipedia. The High Republic era was first mentioned in the 2019 audio drama Dooku Jedi Lost, but it was not identified until the 2020 comic Rise of Kylo Ren, which I have. It first appeared in a flashback in the comic The Lost Stories Part 1 from 2017. The era is set to make its first on-screen appearance in the upcoming television series Star Wars The Acolyte, which is set at the end of the time period. So one of the things for me that makes High Republic so intriguing is that they are literally following the MCU footprint. They are putting together a map of information on paper, on comic, an audiobook, and then I am imagining they will eventually sell this to the movies, to the TV shows, and we will start to see that filtering out eight to ten years from now. And High Republic will become mainstream. And you were here first listening to it on audio format. And that's for me, is a big deal. Because, to be honest, I'm not a detractor of Star Wars. But there is there is no... The only person really was George Lucas who knew the story. As it's gotten wider and as it expanded, people tried different things, some hits, some misses. This effort at least feels uh, parallel. Everybody's sort of in the same boat, but they're but they're uh, they have their own ideas, but they're also like staying within the boundaries of their story. No one's kind of going outside of their lines. Uh, without communicating with each other. One character shows up in this book. Another character who's maining in that book is showing up in that book. And it's fantastic to see all the crossovers. Yet, you don't even have to read all of them to really get any one story, which is awesome the way they're writing it. But you do get those little bonus Easter eggs and plugs if you do stay with it. I'm a little behind in the comic series right now. And I know that after reading The Rising Storm and doing a fantastic five-part review of it on YouTube, which took me 42 days to 
actually publish, film, and produce. Please go watch it. The views are low. It's very um, good. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm seeing all the parallels, but I know there were spoilers in Rising Storm for the comics in in a little piece, like little pieces. It doesn't tell you everything, but I'm like, damn it, I knew, I know that's in the comics. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So, my question for you, Charles, right, is what was your reaction to High Republic starting out, and w- how do you feel it's going? Um, I was excited to be at a story at the start and in a completely different format that I'm familiar with. Of course, I've read you know a lot of the audiobooks that I've done since delving back into Star Wars, especially with with the podcast and with Pat. They're all sort of ancillary stories and sort of adding to the existing lore. Now we have the High Republic, and it's like we talked about, it's written or audio format only. So there's no visuals apart from what uh, Star Wars may release. But that, for me, is secondary. I just got this brand new canvas of characters, of stories, of interactions, of few Easter eggs here and there that do tie back to what we know and love in the OT, the pre-T, the prequel trilogy, and the, and the sequels. Um, so that was, being at that ground level was fantastic. And what I also enjoyed about it is that you have Disney Plus you got the Mandalorian. You've got uh, you've got these other stories that are coming out and refocusing our attention. The Bad Batch, the Clone Wars, that are focusing your attention on uh, the visual media. So you have, like you're saying, Sean, you have this little time frame that's being cooked and baked perfectly on the sideline. You can jump in if you want to it, but it's building. You can see this this layer being uh, prepared under what's going on right now and you can get into it and not necessarily be distracted by it, but also then project where these things can come into play. Uh, maybe even in some of the series we're going to be seeing, whether it's the next season of Mandalorian and tie back to it. So it's really fun to be able to uh, have those stories and exist in its own little world, but see all the other stuff going on. And it's a really exciting time. Sure. Todd, what are your thoughts? Uh, what Charles said. Um, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a consumer of pretty much everything I've, uh, I've kind of pulled back on comics. Uh, I was really heavy into comics and I ran out of space. So it's like, all right, I gotta pull back. But, um, I really do enjoy kind of what Charles was saying as well. It's just a fresh start. Like you're starting with a clean slate. The only character you do know is Yoda. Um, and then everything else is pretty much just brand new, which I like. Um, I like a new bad with the Nihil. I think it's fun. Mm. It very much is the same kind of feeling I got with the Legend series of uh, the where they had the Yuvon, Yuzon Vong. Am I saying that right? Or whatever they were um that the the jedi could not see them in the force and that's what made them very mm. intriguing and so with this it's something different a little different than uh the vong but it's still something that you can anchor on that is totally their chaos and again the jedi is order and i really love the dichotomy of that and i think that is a fun belief system as well as a way to tell intriguing intriguing stories so i yeah i I like the idea of just jumping in and you know having this book format and what you said earlier sean is true i think they're really building this out and the payoff will be probably the acolyte um but Mm -hmm. it will that that comment if 
now you have a rich library that people can reference back. But you know, mm-hmm. like the cool kids like us, we're we're we could say we were ground zero. We're like, man, we were there on day one. You know. No, you're a hundred percent right. I know my my good friend Ben was big into Marvel, and ben we Kenobi were watching or- the Marvel. Yeah, yes, Ben Ben Kenobi. Uh, old Ben. Oh Ben. This old Ben. ben. This Ben is a Jacksonville. Name and- <laughs> yes, it's in quite a long time. Yeah. Also, I am eighty-five years old when I should be fifty. Anyways, um, <laughs> he knew exactly what was going to happen in every Marvel movie before the movie came out. So he's like, "Oh, Iron Man three. It's probably going to be this." And you're like, well, why do you know that? He's like, I've been reading the comics for like years. Like this, this is established. They're not changing. Like they're adjusting it for movie stuff. But he's like, we're going to see Thanos. We're going to see Infinity Stones. And he goes, and then after, you know, Endgame, he's like, dude, it gets real wacky after this. I mean, we start going into multiverse. We start going to this. I'm like, I don't really want to know anything. I don't want to understand it because I will consume that through the visual. Um, it is too late for me to get into the Marvel comics. Right. Uh, I am not going to go back into that unless they had some sort of like, com- like companion Omnibus. giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the thing that the, the one that just, I almost picked it up at my local comic store for the uh, old Republic. It's like $125. And I'm like, mm, do I want to read it all? I kind of do. Uh, I spent a hundred dollars at the comic book store the last time I was there. And <laughs> The guy put in every single War of the Bounty Hunters comic in my bag. And I didn't check it. I was just like, I haven't been here in a while. I'm going to accept this fate. And I don't really understand how War of the Bounty Hunters are work. There were six issue number ones. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I was like, I don't get it. So I kind of like took them back and was like, hey, can I like trade these for the things that I want? And then <laughs> literally this was five days later. Sidebar, yeah. everybody. And there were six new comics in my bag. I'm like, what is going wow. on? This is crazy. So I have, I have a, I'm backlogged like you wouldn't believe, but I also, the the problem that I have, as you know, is time. And I don't want just, I just don't want to read this stuff. I want to read it. And I also want to share it, but I, what I need to find a format that is quick, efficient, but informative, like the rising storm part five review was very difficult to produce. This will be a little different. I've learned. I learned a lot in the in that sort of thing. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, before we move on to the Tempest Runner, please take a moment to listen to this ad from Anchor. Thanks very much. Um, that just got me one cent. So I appreciate your listen. And uh, we're, we're really uh, we're, when you don't podcast for three months, you've really earned the money, the revenue. The revenue is coming in. So so Todd and I have doubled your revenue then yes. the past two months then. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what's crazy about Anchor, and I love them to death because they're owned by Spotify. They're really trying to make the platform. They came out with this new thing called Green Room, which Green I Room. read about for a brief second. Um, my pod is finally on Amazon. I've realized that that was a thing. We got we got it on there in a day, yeah. so that's cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Jeffrey Bezos. We're going to space. <laughs> and um, it's, it's it's just a great platform. Uh, it's so easy. Like I know it's free. We all know it's not free, but we it's it's great. And I was paying for a podcast platform for a long time, but uh, and not getting any return. Anyways, we've been Tempest. on Anchor since day one. Day one, I, we never. It was the first one we did. I used I love it, it in my office, and you know, uh, I can say nothing but great things. We've never had any problems yeah. with uploads, and I'm stunned with the platforms that you get out of the gate. Yeah, and for sure. 
for us, it's been perfect. The, I, and I have distributed podcasts manually. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yes, I, it, 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 are no oh fun. man, it was like uh, how do I get an Apple took three days. This took three days. Anchor, I come on here and it's like oh, this just works. I'm like, what? This is great. I actually use it for the kids when we do our little podcast project. So, anyways, cool. uh, so the Tempest Runner. Here is the. It's called the Publisher Summary uh, from Wikipedia again, and which means it's not exactly detail oriented. Uh, but we're going to get a gist of the story. So here's here it is. So again, this assumes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> One, you've read Light of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Two, you've read The Rising Storm at a minimum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've read Into the Dark, that's cool. If you've read Out of the Shadows, in which I have not, I don't know where it, Out of the Shadows uh, reaches into this story. Um Race to Crash Point Tower and the Test of Carriage is not really necessary to know what's going on in Tempest Runner. What you need to know is this focuses on a character, Lorna D, one of the three heads of the Nile, uh, and they are called Tempest Runners. So here we go. The Nile storm has raged through the galaxy, leaving chaos and grief in its wake. Few of its raiders are as vicious as the Tempest Runner Lorna D. She stays one step ahead of the Jedi Order at the helm of a vessel named after one of the deadliest monsters in the galaxy. It's called the Lorna D. But no one can outrun the defenders of the High Republic forever. After the defeat of her crew, which would be the Rising Storm, Lorna falls into the hands of the Jedi, but not before she hides her identity, becoming just another Nile convict. Her captors fail to understand the beast they have cornered, just like every fool she's ever buried. Their first mistake was keeping her alive. Lorna is determined to make underestimating her their last. Locked onto a Republic correctional ship, she's dragged across the galaxy to repair the very damage she and her fellow Tempest Runners inflicted on it. But as Lorna plans her glorious escape, she makes alliances that grow dangerously close to friendships. Outside the Nile, separated from her infamous ship, her terrifying arsenal, and her feared name, Lorna must carve her own path. But will it lead to redemption? Or will she emerge as a deadlier threat than ever before? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. It's actually a very nice summary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's 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 well stated. It's, it's, been it's great really doing this podcast with you guys. Uh, we'll see. You later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the gist. Uh, let's talk. Let's just talk Lorna D. Right. So we get her in several stories, and I know my feelings on her was like, all right, she's kind of like quiet. She's always listening. Her ship is outfitted with like silencers and uh, like stealthy sort of stuff, so she can sneak in and out of battles. Um, what did we think? What do you think, uh, Todd, of Lorna D? When as you're reading the uh, the this content, yeah, I mean, I, I've read the main novels, um, right. so um, yeah, I I mean, she's but you, she's a Twi'lek, you know, and yeah, she right. is I she is always listening, but she's to be a Tempest runner, you have to be ruthless in the Nihil. Mm. And so I know that she's cutthroat and uh, the the interaction between her and Pan and Marcian Rowe, 
uh, has, was delightful in, in the mm. books. So I really did enjoy that. So knowing, you know, going into this kind of story, I was very excited to, to expand in that character in, in, in her, you know. So. Cool, cool, cool. Charles? Yeah, you know, very similar to what you guys are both saying is that this, I found that she's very calculating. But mm. then you got the other side of her where she names her ship the Lorna D. Yeah. So you have this sort of dual-sided part of it. It's like she's sitting there, she's absorbing, she's she speaks when she needs to, yet she has this very vocal side to her. So for me, when I saw that or when I read that, uh, it alerted me to something else. It's like she's got a confidence that she's playing close to the chest and she'll reveal it when she needs to. And like Todd was saying, you know, with these ruthlessness, you have the, you know, the Tempest runners are part of the thirds, you know, and they all work together, quote unquote, but give them an inch, they'll take a mile and Mm -hmm. almost as if they're ready to pounce. So uh, to have her story fleshed out um, was really something that I was looking forward to reading. Yeah, for sure. And in, in the books, <clears throat> the Nile might be the enemy to everyone, but the Nile are actually their own enemies. Ah, nice right? said. Yep. And yep. and they're and they're chomping at the bit to to climb that ladder. And there's a pecking order. And we we didn't get a chance to see really how the Nile were formed. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that fascinated me about sequel trilogy stuff is actually the history of the First Order and how it went from Empire to First Order. And I love any kind of detail work where there was whispers of this new regime, but they weren't really known. And like resistance was cool at seeing the remnants of that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, even in some of the novelizations, we got a little bit of a history lesson and sort of thing. I really like that stuff. So Mm -hmm. in this uh, Tempest runner, we actually get to see how Lorna, it's really Lorna D's backstory. And it's a heavy focus on Lorna D's backstory. Yet it still ties us into our our main storyline, uh, which I believe it's three months post the tragedy at Vallo, and they're on the run, and they're they're just trying to scatter like they do. They scatter like you know uh, cockroaches in the daylight, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to survive. And eventually they get caught, right? And that's when she goes into her deceptive mode, and then. You know, I'm listening to this story and I'm going, okay, the formatting of this story is interesting because, you know, you're driving, you're trying to pay attention. I'm driving when I'm listening. I know maybe some people like, I don't I can't sit at my desk and listen to an audiobook. Like it's never going to happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to focus in on that and I'm going, are we flashing back? So it's like, okay, hold on. Now I'm, I got to focus in on the flashbacks. All right. What are we talking about? I found the format to be very easy to follow once I got what they were trying to do. A flashback often connected to something in the story that was coming next. Yep. And that was pretty cool to listen to. So um, let's talk about Lorna's past, right? She, she what wasn't Ryloth, and listen, I'm not going to pretend to think I know all the, all the planets and things <laughs> of that nature, but she is a, a Twi'lek, right? So yeah. she has that Twi'lek, French accent. Twi'lek, whatever. Yeah, fr- yeah. that French accent, tomato, which I thought tomato, was you know. was really cool to hear a French accent when Hera, just in Bad Batch, yeah, really had, and her mom and her mother had that like sort of Frenchy accent, which I yeah. thought they like someone thought about that was like, well, we can't just hire anybody to play her. Like they need to have this particular accent because the fans will kill us. 
<laughs> if we don't keep it consistent. So Lorna's Lorna's past. Do we think she is a uh, let's say a hold on, let it, let it come to me. Did her past create Lorna D? I'll say for me, when I read it, I think that her past definitely played into where she where she came to. I mean, there's the, the structure of the story and the way that she came about. Kevin Scott has created a sympathetic character, very yes. much like mm. Dooku, where yeah. you get a sense of where this origin story uh, on, I think it's Eroth or Eloth or something like that, of close. I think it's a moon of uh, Ryloth. Yes. Um, and I totally agree, by the way, with the French accent. When I go back to Canada and you start speaking French, I'll come back and I'll have a twang. You just It's, it's a natural mm-hmm. thing. When you go back to sort of a native tongue, you pick up those little idiosyncrasies. So I totally got that when uh, she was on uh, in Clone Wars and even in some of the uh, Rebels episode where she went back with her father. Anyway, sidebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think that definitely informs her, uh, her future. I mean, obviously, we're all shaped by our past. And it's traumatic what she goes through and that's the first step of being in your like you said sean in the in the review is that she has been uh, controlled by many in her past Mm. and now she's coming out of that and she was probably played she was played very quickly and very uh you know in a scary sense at a young age and that can do nothing but set in motion Mm. the future person that she became for sure todd your thoughts at six o'clock um, I think, <laughs> uh, it, it, I really did like the format. It was very engaging. And I would say that is why this one is very approachable for anyone that's mm-hmm. looking to get into it. Uh, first of all, you have to listen to Jedi, uh, Dooku lost. It, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a French, it, it, it's amazing. And yes. this plays in, if you listen to that, you understand the format and here it's the same thing. You have a cast of characters that are voiced by different people. And that also makes it a really good radio play. And that's what it is. This is like a radio drama um, that's in this kind of format. And so if you don't want to get into books and comics, but you're still kind of a movie TV visual person, this is a really good bridge because you can visualize it's different characters and, and you, can, you can pick it up a little bit easier. Um, and, and I think that's really easy to digestible. And I, I really like that. Yes, we get information about her past, but it's not so heavy handed like uh, like, you know, Corella or something like, oh, my somebody killed the dogs and now I hate dogs. You know, it's like <laughs> every evil person oh, sure. doesn't have to have this like traumatic event that is strategically right. for why they're evil. I think right. this makes it. She actually, it actually makes me love her more. And it's, you, you get a, a very complex character, which is, again, something that we appreciate in the TV format that we don't get in the movie format. So this one, again, it's, it's small enough where you have this great origin story or backstory of her character, and it really builds out the world and builds, builds her out as well. For sure. Uh, I feel like that was your one sentence summary for Cruella. Someone, <laughs> someone killed dogs, so now I kill dogs too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we could do this all night. We could do yeah. Let's try, let's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the sympathy 
for the character, the learning of the character, seeing the conflicts of the character. I know I felt lots of things like, damn, she got fooled again. (laughs) You know, as we're listening to it, like it must have happened three or four times. And even under Martian Rowe, same idea, Mm -hmm. which now all of a sudden the stories start to interweave itself into pre light of the Jedi stuff. And there's, there was already been a plan in place to usurp that. And we don't know that while reading light of the Jedi from a different perspective, but we sort of get the little bit of a feeling in rising storm of what's to be, what's going to happen. And what a swerve spoiler alert that it's Panata from the beginning speaking, you know, because we don't have the concept of voice just yet for a character. Right. So, and, and they all speak behind masks anyway, so yeah. you can't understand a word they're saying. Did you find, speaking of audio, did you find there was lots of grunting in this audio book? Like, like uh, hurtful grunts and being shot by blaster grunts. <laughs> and I just felt that the grunts were a little much. Like a lot of, a lot of sound effects from the mouth. Uh, the voice actors did this time around and you may have to listen back to it. And we have to do the count. I I didn't. Right. I didn't find that distracting, but it's funny that, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I didn't find it distracting, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, she's, uh, she speaks through her teeth a lot. That's for sure. She does. Yes, she does. She sure. She sharpened teeth. teeth. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Uh, So, I mean, there's not much to say on Tempest Runner other than we see the backstory of Lorna. We we get a nice connection, but her I, I did enjoy that her character came well revenged full circle from who betrayed her from the beginning, and then she came face to face with him. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't know it just yet. <laughs> and I was like the reader knows who it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, was, I mean, yeah. yeah, I I love the relationship between Panada and and her, you know, and um, I believe the other one is Kasev, right? Kasev. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The and father. So, the, of, um, the, uh, not the father, but yeah, the uh, the, the, uh, the the original three is Kasav, yes, Pan, Kasav, and yes. Lorna. Yeah. 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 And, and then he and, got sent to his death. Yeah. He gone. <laughs> And so there's a power play, and you we know that Pan does not like Martian Rowe, and that's where actually Pan gets injured and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, Lorna saves him, which is interesting. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but Pan still kind of he wants he wants it all. It's all about that power hungry thing, which makes it yeah. like you said. There's infighting within the Nihil, which makes it very intriguing. Um, yeah. And of course, I, I just, you know, I love me some Mark Thompson. So he does Panada and Marshawn Rowe. He is, yeah. he's a gem. He's a gem. So, wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. He does both voices. Yes. Yes, sir. I wouldn't have, you, you, you could have stumped me on that one because yeah. those voices are not even close. Nope. It's, um, I will, okay, Mark Thompson. Ugh. Yeah. He, he's a and gem. And the what? I know, I know he's a resident guest now he, on WSTR. Yeah, right, right. Uh, he, I'm not he, jealous whatsoever. Mystery, he's our like sixth member. You know, we like to, you know. But, um, but um, you know, talking about Panada and, yeah. you know, for the lack of coughing after the event where he was almost killed uh, right. and he had that, uh, that event and he was choking all the time. So you can sort of get that feeling from pre-time. So that helped along. Um, but for me, I found 
as a difference between Dooku Jedi Lost, for example, uh, I found this novel a bit harder to follow mm, with okay. the voices because I found that they were similar. And I also found that it was almost like Inception to a certain degree that sometimes you're going two layers deep mm. before you're trying to remember the top level story. You're going in while she's in incarcerated and with um, the lieutenant that she's in the mid med bay and remembering back. So you got like these three levels, right? Yeah. And I'm going to refer back to one of Todd's episodes, the latest interview with Mark Thompson, where he talked about uh, his voices and how he he planned those voices as an orchestra and used how do these voices are going to play off of each other for a particular scene. Mm -hmm. And it was a brilliant way of thinking about it. And I found this book, uh, this audiobook, had a little bit of problem with that because of the, the varied actors. And I actually couldn't tell sometimes what timestamp we were in or which character was actually talking. Now, it's a bit harder with different voice actors, so I get that part. But... Um, I would say that it would definitely help if you listen to Light of the Jedi and Into the Dark uh, for the audio cues for the for the voice actors to at least give you a, a little bit of a, ha a little bit of a hand to be able to break those characters apart while you're listening to them. Hmm. For sure, and uh, I'll have to pay attention more to Mark Thompson. I'm not good with names. Like people say names in the Star Wars universe to me, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. And, uh, yeah, and then I get, yeah another and then one. I get made yeah, another one yeah. is Dan. Dan Bittner um, is also one of the guys that, uh, and he mm -hmm. he's done some audiobooks as well, which is, yeah, he he's helped uh, narrate some books. So it's okay. cool, you know, like you like as a listener, if you're listening to audiobooks, it, it's cool that you could pick them up. And like, okay, yeah, that's that's Dan. Dan was the main. He was the the um, he played a couple characters, but he, the main one was the. Uh, warden of the prison ship that or yeah the prison ship that lauren d was part of that he was trying to kind of re rehabilitate her you know so right yeah and I, I found i found his character be to be a little dynamic because it was also his last ch chance yes to try to yeah. do something good yeah. you know yeah. and that's sort of a crappy for lorna it is because, and she realizes that you know because yeah. another sense of control uh, trying mm -hmm. to make someone better. But Charles, let me circle back real quick to the formatting of it. And mm -hmm. I, I know I said earlier that like I liked how it was flashing back and stuff like that, but in regard to the characters, can I just read the character list that every character that appeared in this story? Okay. Okay. It, right? We're, we're literally talking about Lorna, right? We mentioned uh, the, the, the police uh, person, uh, the, the rehab person, the yeah. counselor, and then we counselor, talked about yeah. Pan, Pan 8, right? That's mm -hmm, three. Mm -hmm, okay. Uh, Buryaga is mentioned, uh, Arrington, Armin, Nibesek, Radala, Blackwing, Buna, Brooks, Webbub, Carter, Saret, Dal, Dalen, Darvel, Lorna D, Yuda D, Porta Angle, Pan 8, and the list is 50 to 60 <laughs> deep on character. And it tells you like whether or not it's first appearance or just mention of and whatever. Right. It's a lot to take in, man. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's difficult. Yeah. It's definitely difficult. And and if you miss, you know, blink and you miss. But someone who rode in the car forty five minutes a day and listened to it over a span of, of you know, a few days still remembers the storyline. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. that speaks a That's lot to how right. it was told. Yes. Right. I might yeah. not. I might not recognize Le Lutin from the first appearance, and I don't think it matters for now. Wow. 
Right, but I mean, we would, we would, we would fail in Star Wars trivia. That's the only thing oh, that we, you know, 100%. but you, you get, you get the beats, and I think that's 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 the main thing that you get from this. And again, same thing with uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. You get the beats. You understand the characters. You understand Dooku's motivation, and here you understand Lauren D's motivation. You understand the Nihil a little bit, and I think that's very it's a good setup to continue the story as this progresses you know yeah so, so you don't remember the time that it was new ron bakarakaran no but new ron, was, oh, this is one of my favorite characters yeah yeah, yeah. A, but i do they were in a <laughs> dude we uh now of course i'm going to blank but we got the what is the slavers? We got to see that in the Clone Wars. The oh. Living with a Z. Um, oh, yes, the, uh, they are. There's the whoa, 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 whoa. And the Z it is not even pronounced, right? It's uh, it's something Z- Zygoth, something like that. Something like that. Yes. Anyways, it that's a it's a deep cut where we got yeah. to see Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan in that form. You know, we got to see the species, and then they're revisited here in the High Republic. And I thought that was a deep cut. I really yeah. enjoyed that because she was also treated horribly. And uh, one of the other night, you know, like there's a lot of cool stuff in that and that piece, you know? Um, yeah. They, I just, they were called the, the Zygarians. Thank Zygarians, you. Zygarians. You're welcome. There you go. There you go. I was doing research. I can do research actively while you're yeah, talking. Thank you. Thank you. I'll just keep on talking until you Google it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, but that again, that see that, that, to me is a cool thing. So if you're, if you're knee deep in this stuff and you follow, you have other avenues where you're following these different shows that kind of tie in where, again, we're, we're going more in the past, but then we get a little bit more backstory. Like, Hey, these guys were bad from the beginning, you know? And, Mm. uh, we got to see that also, uh, in bad batch. So it's, I mean, these things are, it's all connected, man. And I, I like that. I like it. Yeah, for sure. And and the galaxy is is ever large but tight at the same time yep. as as you know, and you picked up on that. I recognized the name. I didn't quite place it uh on first name, but what I placed was the slaver part of it, you know, because mm-hmm. that's kind of a big theme in that's Star theme. Wars. Yeah. You know, in terms of what they've been trying to do and considering it's 200 years prior to the the ending of it, quote unquote. Um, it makes sense, you know, for me that that kind of hit on on the beats for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Tempest Runner, it, it's a good listen. Um, highly recommend that you definitely get a little background knowledge. Uh, you can you can get the story uh, just as is, uh, but to really appreciate it. Now I know that if I went back and read Light of the Jedi and then read Rising Storm and really just focus in on the Lorna stories. I think that would definitely add some layers of flavor yeah. for those stories for sure. Um, being more prominent in the rising storm as she's basically undefeatable, mm. right? I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. These, the top Nile don't die. Yeah. 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 I, unbelievable. I like, I like that we got that. to see uh, it's mentioned in the previous stories, but we got to see Martian row bef- with his dad and I yes. thought that I love that whole oh, yeah. bit, yes. a little bit of back history of like what happened there and how, you know, essentially Marcian Rowe was the runt and all that kind of stuff. And that was one thing also Mark mentioned is that the way he approached his voice too is like he he's 
you, you underestimate him. And even in this yeah. story, you totally underestimate him and all the Tempest yeah. runners underestimated him and didn't see him as a leader. And uh, like, it was like light bulb. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so freaking yeah. cool because you know, his dad's like a very alpha and he is not mm-hmm. that, but all of a sudden he's in, in, in the, in the power. It's like a, I love it. And I'm like, Oh, I remember yeah. what Mark said. That was right. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. yeah. So sp- speaking to the, the history, right? So we have Asgar who we can peg at 60, 70 years old. Gotcha. Ish, mm-hmm. ish. Uh, so we're assuming that he's been in part of the eye for a while. Mm-hmm. And Panetta, I- again, I'm not familiar with species, but he's a, he's a, Dalton, Dalton, something like that. But I believe I don't know if it's in this particular story. But he's been alive for like two centuries. Wow! Did I did I pick? I think I picked up on that in one of the stories. It may have been Rising Storm, where like he's poisoned, right? And uh-huh. he survives it. And he mentions something like, "Listen, I've been alive for a long time. I had mm. to survive my own home planet for centuries before oh, I got out of there." Or wow. like he need, or he nice was going one. back. Nice. So like now I'm thinking, oh. How long has he been part of the Nile? Doaton, that's what he is. Doaton, right? Doaton. Yeah. So, like, like, how long? Hmm. If 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 he's Four, been alive for two hundred years, four hundred thirty-one BBY when he when he was born. Okay, so, so we're in. That's I, that's it. We're, two we're centuries because we're in two hundred right. BBY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. out there. Yeah. So then, and, how long wow. have the Nile been there? Two hundred thirty-two. Uh, he he's a, a tempest at that point, so he's definitely at least over 200 years old, you know, so that, yeah. Think about that for a minute. Now, now, mm-hmm. now that adds a little bit of character dynamic to, to this story, you know, mm-hmm. cause he, he plays a good role, yes. you know, and, and uh, do, did he survive? Or, no, he's dead, right? Do we know he's dead? Because he tried to be killed before. Well, it <laughs> seems pretty definitive at the end of spoiler yeah. alert at this, at the end of Tempest runner that yeah. he seems pretty. Yeah gone and yeah but but that does add something to that when somebody you know again like when mortality obviously plays into how you are you know as a person um but if your species is you have a little bit more life in you like a wookie a yoda there's something to say like hey i will i will be able to live past this or i i have the power to live past this this is not this is not temporal like I'm going to be living a long time. So that does add a different character dynamic to him where he's like, this ain't going to stop me, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of, I kind of dig that as well. Yeah. So this sort of sets up, this sets us up for an interesting part three by Claudia Gray, uh, recently talked about fallen star. Mm. That feels accurate in my brain. Mm -hmm. What the third novel is called. And they're, they're one Tempest runner, short. They are very much scattered. Martian has a very powerful weapon. And mm. that does deadly things for, mm. for Force-sensitive beings. I'm not going to say just Jedi, because as the, the bird-like creature in the beginning of Rising Storm didn't react well to it. Yeah. In a frozen state, mind you. And then mm-hmm. it was unfrozen later. Um, You're such a nerd. 
Thank you. I, I'm the nerd, and you're referencing 231 BBY. Get out. Stop it. Knock it off. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. Thank you. Um, so then that, that segues us into predictions, right? We know it has to end, right? We know they've been planting seeds of High Republic stuff, like Luke finding a... Jedi Guardian lightsaber in Star Wars number nine or whichever one it was, you know, that's planting seeds. Right, right. Them finding an old droid that speaks a very particular language from the old Republic era, you know, planting seeds. Do we think concerning our TV shows right on Disney Plus? Because right now movies are sort of up in the air. All we really have is like Rogue Squadron confirmed. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we think like Book of Boba Fett? or Mando season three, or even Kenobi lays a little bit of foundational uh, presence for the high Republic. Charles, your thoughts. I think, I think they're going to take it in baby steps. And like we've already talked about tonight about little seeds that we see call outs that uh, either cast a storyline backwards and connect, or they're going to be carried forward. Yeah. Um, I think until we get to the Acolyte, which is, mm-hmm. as we understand today, the sort of the end point of the High Republic, it'll be uh, kind of hard to see that. And I don't know if you're going to take a, uh, a story or a movie that maybe half the people have been exposed to and sort of put a big wedge into that that's based on some of the High Republic or like a real strong connection to it. It may be kind of hard as a sell, but these little these little tidbits and these little um, uh, Easter eggs uh, are for us. Just like we're talking all night, we've been talking about. It's like, oh, that's so cool! The Zygons and the slaves, and those are like the, those little golden pieces for the real the fans who are really you know sort of into it. Um, I would say that the they're going to try and cast forward more and bring the stories together and and. Uh, help the future stories along as well. And Pat and I actually in our most recent episode, we talked about the prequel trilogy versus sequel trilogy and how there's obviously those two very strong ends. And there are tendrils of even in the clone wars, trying to, I don't want to say try uh, are connecting pieces to the sequel trilogy because they're not going to take them away. So it's in their best interest to make this somewhat of a cohesive, you know, universe as fractured as a sequel trilogy may be. There, there has to be ways of connecting it and making things a little bit more solid. So yeah. if the High Republic can help with that, I'm all for it because it just means deeper, richer stories. Fair, fair. Todd? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to heavy hand you, slap you with a fish and say, here, here's this High Republic <laughs> stuff. Um, I I think it's it's very similar to the way they did it with in Mando and they dropped Thrawn. They, they threw out that mm. name and that, you know, like that's huge yeah it's huge huge right Right. so i i either you know they could do something real simple like so you know again like in last jedi they did something very quick uh where luke is in his hut and he and he's got a compass and that compass was Mm. tied into battlefront 2 if you played the Mm -hmm. story so mm-hmm. that that was like a little Easter egg. And I feel like that's how they're going to do if, if 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 we look at what's on slate for 2022, 
they might throw a little nod. Like I could see definitely an Obi-Wan, you know, he recovers something that might be High Republic or right. something like that. But right. it's not going to be overt and like, you know, big flashing sides like this is High Republic. I think it's it's going to be a little subtle, you know, um, but it, it will be. I think we have to wait till the Acolyte to really yeah. get, get that kind of payoff, you know. For um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Updates available. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I thought that was one of your sound effects. Yeah, Which yeah, right, is, in right. fact, in fact, we just got two updates of your predictions for the High Republic. So thank you, Windows, for notifying me of their, their updates. <laughs> for me, I, 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 I choose to, to create the predictions uh, based off of some wild theory. So I wrote this down while people were talking. All right, so we know that the High Republic visits Naboo. Okay, in Light of the Jedi, to the Santekas. It's highly likely that the Santekas know the Palpatines. Highly likely. Okay, small planet. Uh, Palpatine will eventually get connected to the Acolyte. We may have already been introduced to the end from the beginning. So that's kind of, I, I like that little mm. connection. We've already seen Naboo. We know that yeah. Naboo is a big part of the whole situation uh, for our regular trilogies um, moving forward. So little connection there. Second connection. I could sort of see, you know, with Grogu away, I'm assuming Grogu's going to be away for all of season three. Oh. I don't think he'll be back at all for season three. That's just my theory. Uh, I think they're, they're just getting away from him a little bit. But I do believe that Luke will take him to a dilapidated starlight beacon. Wow. That has lots of history, lots of things to look at and to read, and they will activate that station somehow. And for whatever reason, our friends pick up on it, but it also uh, encounters an enemy, uh, an enemy waiting in the midst, maybe Thrawn. The Drengear. Right? You know, so like, <laughs> if they're going to yeah. do it, yeah, they can do it really dynamically. Now, somebody watching Mandalorian is going to be like, that's just a space station. You know? But we'll know. <laughs> can I, can I tack on a piece yes. to your, um, your uh, Santecas knowing the Palpatines? Yes. I'm going to predict that the Santecas, as they are hyperspace lane explorers, and they were the ones mapping out the hyperspace lanes, they found Exegol. Oh, that's how that's oh. that's how far back Exegol goes is yeah. the Santecas in the High Republic. It's a hot take. <laughs> I like I like I love that. it. I like that. Yeah. Or yes. you know, hey man, let's you mentioned Thrawn. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's see some chess, man. Um oh, in the unknown the regions. Unknown regions. The unknown nice. Regions. Yeah. I mean it's fun. It's the Santecas. <laughs> it's all their fault. <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt now, Charles, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll be our two customers we'll we'll be wearing oh those. my gosh that's so funny that's yeah. so, no i love the prediction and this is yeah. what makes talking about this topic uh very very positive it, you know we we can talk about it we can joke about it all of its potential you know they're mm -hmm. not going to really tell us what's going on 
Um, I think the best part of the storytelling is happening in the TV shows right now. Everybody's chatting with each other. They're saying, what are you doing? I'm doing this. What are you doing? Very similar to what the authors and Michael Siglain and, you know, he's helming the project. They have to run it by him. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I, I, they, it's a they, good thing. They had a summit, which is more than they had for the sequel trilogy. So they yeah. had a summit and this is planned out. And I, and again, there's Liberty in that planning, but I think, you know, just us, you know, just kind of shooting it. I, I think there's some truth in it. And that's that's yeah. that's the fun part, because mm -hmm. you're saying, OK, you're you're actually using again, you're not making up stuff. You're, you're using species that we know, you knowing planets that we know, like you said, Naboo, there there is connections. And I don't think it's all just, you know, we're just chasing force ghosts. These are like real things. Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's seeds, there's seeds there's out seed. there, and it's not yeah, trend gear seeds I, I, either. I, again, that's <laughs> right, and 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 I think that's where it gets exciting as a Star Wars fan. Um, and then we could be the ones with our you know our t-shirts on when Acolyte comes on, and be like, dude, yeah. we know it, we know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had a chance to read Race to Crash Point Tower, uh, but it coincides with Rising Storm, right? Because it's it's about Ram Jamaram, and great name. he's the great name. The great name. Yeah. He's the mechanic mechanical Jedi. He can see parts and pieces and stuff like this. And and there's a point where the Nile, prior to the attack on Valo, brought seedlings of the Drengir to said planet and uh -huh. made a deal with them. Right, that hey, help us take over this planet, and you can have the rest of the meats because that's what they want to eat. And then the Jedi Ram and whoever he's with, I forget the name, say, like, you do realize they're here to kill everybody, right? <laughs> and the Drengir being sentient goes, what do you mean? <laughs> like, there's not going to be anything for you to eat. Mm. So you might as well let us get through this communications tower. And they wow. sort of, like, negotiated with the Drengir. And I thought, like, for, like, a young adult novel. Yeah. That's kind of an important detail that they can be <laughs> negotiated with, yeah. right? Right, right. While yeah. we believe, you know, we're 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 told to believe that like Avar Chris, as she comes down with the lightsaber between two a Drengir, now it's two, and you're like, what? They Oops. don't die, you know? Yeah. Um, great uh, detail for the Drengir by Ty Yorick, who knows how to kill them, cuts them into little jerky strips, <laughs> and hangs them on trees so they don't regenerate. Like, how many have you faced? <laughs> like, that's version five of killing them, right? It has to be. So there's a lot of layers. We could talk yeah. about this forever, but yeah. we do have to wrap up. All right. Mm. Okay, so I don't know if you're prepared for the one-sentence summary. Okay. You don't have to be. All right, I'll throw it out. I have mine. <laughs> I wrote it 30 minutes ago, and it is a song. <laughs> So, Charles, do you happen to have a one-sentence summary about Tempest Runner that will encompass the story for our listeners, uh, but really tie it all together? Did you did you have a chance to throw well, it down? Well, I have uh, one that speaks to the High Republic okay. in a greater sense, if that'll do. Yes. Um, from the strength in their numbers and their connection to each other, to their individual connections to the Force... The Jedi of the High Republic are suddenly on edge from a foe none of them ever predicted. Dig it. 
compound one sentence summary with lots of commas. I am the king of compounds and commas. <laughs> Semicolon and very nice. I love it. I M love dash. It. <laughs> Todd, I don't mean to put you on the spot, and it's totally okay if you do not have one. Yeah, I, I, I don't, but I, I would say I I would kind of go back to my earlier statement. If you're looking to dip your toe into the High Republic, I feel like this is a great entry point for you to understand a little bit about the where the galaxy's at in the High Republic and get a deeper dive into what Lorna Dean is all about and her her yeah. life journey. I love it. I love it. Okay, here's mine. I'm going to try my best to get through this without laughing. It's a song. Here we go. <clears throat> say my name. Say my name. It's Lorna and I got you. Run away. I'll stab you. You better say my name. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> the talent. The talent. Oh, it's good, be, good to be back in yeah, the yeah. seat three months later. Yeah, Let me tell you. you. We're just going to call you the talent. That's all we're going to call you. And oh unless gosh. I fall asleep quickly, I'll be singing this in my head for the next hour and a half. <laughs> Thank you very much. Another Star Wars podcast presents a talk about the High Republic and Tempest Runner with our friends Charles and virtually Patrick from Conversations and Todd from Big T, Little T, and WSTR, Galactic Public Access Radio. Please check them out on the Red 5 Network, bio.link backslash Red 5. I think that's the hyperlink. Don't worry, I'll put it in the link description. It's no big deal. Uh, my name is Sean. You've been listening to the latest podcast three months later on September 22nd, 2021. Gents, it's been a pleasure. Clap it up for yourselves. We made it one hour Woo! and one minute. Have a great night, everybody. And as always, may the force be with you. And we are all the Republic. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Another Star Wars podcast created by Sean of Extra Techie, found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, can be streamed from www.extratechie.com. Follow Sean and Extra Techie on all the socials. Search out Extra Techie and you will surely find him. Catch all the exciting Star Wars action in a podcast form, but don't forget, Extra Techie also streams content like games and Lego builds and is also a tech specialist. Reach out if you ever need help. Music provided by Incompetech. Please leave a rating and review. Copyrighted 2021. Cheers, and may the force be with you.